Hi, everyone. Welcome to or welcome back to Unpacking Potato, a podcast where I, Henny, a self-proclaimed potato, unpack a variety of different topics. So I took last week off. Um, Took off sounds weird, but I basically just skipped the episode. Um, The episode I had planned was quite heavy on the heart and with everything going on with Ukraine, I just didn't feel that people needed anything else um, that was, you know, thought-provoking or triggering or anything like that. Um, And then I thought about putting out an episode on anxiety and my experience with anxiety and managing anxiety and things like that. But when I sat down to try to record it, I just it, I just couldn't. I had too much on um, my heart and my brain and just I was not there emotionally and I didn't want to put out something that was disingenuine. Um, so sorry, I skipped a week. I hope you didn't miss me too much. Just kidding. Um, but yeah, and this week too, I contemplated whether or not if I should post something. And I did have this interview already um, scheduled and set up with my friend Allison Leet. She is an actor, a businesswoman, all around amazing human being. And I knew that our conversation would bring a little bit of positivity at least. And Um, maybe give some people something else to focus on even for a moment. Um, And I did want to acknowledge that it is a privilege to be able to choose when and when not to be, I guess, affected um, by what's going on right now. Um, I know I'm very privileged to be able to say this is too much for my head and my heart and my emotions right now. So I'm going to log off from social media for the night or not look at news or anything like that. And I understand that's a huge privilege. Um, And just putting out content that isn't related is a privilege. And because it means that I'm not directly... um, like impacted by it. And I do have that privilege of being able to put it aside and go on with my day. Um, And I do want to just acknowledge that because I think it is important um, when things are being put out into social media or other platforms that isn't related to a very big and real thing that's happening in the world right now that's affecting a lot of people. Um, So with that being said, um, I think... A mindful moment is definitely useful. So if you would join me in a quick mindful moment with ourselves. So if you are able to close your eyes, go ahead and close them. Pay attention to your face and do a bit of a body scan while you're at it. Go from your face, down your neck, shoulders, arms, forearms, hands, And then down your body, your stomach, hips, legs, calves, toes, all the way down. And just see where some tension lies. See if there is any extra places you think you need to pay a little bit more attention to to try to release some tension. And then bring that attention back to your face. We're going to start with our jaw as usual. Unclench and relax, soften those muscles, massage your jaw a little bit with your fingers if you have hands free, and move up your face to your cheekbones and your cheeks, to your temples, and massage those temples a little bit, maybe even your scalp if you have tension headaches like I do, and then move it inward. To your eyes, 
close your eyes and look up, do a little stretch, look down, do a little stretch, side to side, and then do a big eye roll. Move that tension back up to your eyebrows and your forehead. Uncrinkle that forehead and your little frown lines. Massage them out a little bit. Just give yourself a little bit more extra love there. Those worry lines in between your eyebrows. And then we're gonna do our shoulders. So put your hands down by your side. Bring your shoulders up to your ears. Squeeze, squeeze real tight. And release. And then do roll them back into your shoulder blades. And again, shoulders to your ears. Squeeze. And release. And roll them back. And then your neck, right ear to right shoulder. Bring them close and stretch out that left neck bit. Now the other way, left ear to left shoulder, stretch out your right side of your neck, back to center, deep breath in, hold, and out, good job. I know I probably go through this a lot faster than, I guess, other mindfulness meditation app type things. But the reason I think I go so fast is, A, I am definitely not a mindfulness expert. I do not claim to be. <laughs> I am very self-aware that I am not a generally a mindful person, but I just think these moments are important to do. Um, and it's just like convenient because you're already listening to a podcast. I'm already recording a podcast. So it's like a way for me to do it each week as well. Um, but I do it fast because it's kind of like the beginner's introduction, dipping your toe in the water. Um, if you do want to do longer ones because you find these helpful, then I definitely highly recommend the Insight Timer app. It is completely free and there are hundreds and hundreds of guided meditation and mindfulness things with anxiety and sleep and all sorts of stuff. Um, so that's definitely what I would recommend if you're looking for a more in-depth, slow and continuous practice. Um, I'm obviously not sponsored, but it is a tool I do like to use from time to time when I feel I need it. So like I briefly mentioned earlier this week, I sat down with my lovely friend, Allison Leet. She is a actor, like I said, and I met her when I was taking acting classes, and we'll talk about that a little bit when we sit down together. Um, but we just had so much fun, and I love, love listening to like business women and women who are going after their dreams and who are not taking no for an answer and I find it just so inspiring and I just thought we need a little bit more of that and yeah I just love sitting down with people and learning about their story how they got to be where they are um whether that's in business or their personal relationship with um a partner or themselves or you know whatever that topic might be I just love listening to people's stories so I hope you enjoy this um, because it was really fun. <laughs> we laughed the whole time, as usual. Um, yeah. So we'll just get started with your full name, your pronouns, and a little introduction about yourself. 
Hi everyone, my name is Allison Leet. My pronouns are she, her, and I am an actor, director, acting teacher, artist, um, fellow human being here on earth who likes to spread some positivity. I am also co-owner and head of the acting department at uh, Sitka Stage and Screen, which is a Comox Valley-based um, acting school. We teach theater and film for students ages three and up. Awesome. So I met Allison through class. I was a student, so I signed up for acting class to like try something new because that was like my thing this year. <laughs> um, and it was actually through acting class and doing dance and doing all these like extracurricular things that got me to start the podcast in the first place. And I just, I had, had always had an interest in acting where it's always been like, oh, that would be fun, but I don't think I can do it. Like, I don't know. And then this year I finally like bit the bullet. I signed up for classes, met Allison and Natalie, um, who was in the pre a previous episode with me and we all hit it off and now we're friends and it's a great old time. And we've been on sets together now and we've gone to like, um, a, like a movie premiere movie premiere yeah it's just been amazing so that's how we met and i've wanted to have her on the show since day one just because i find her so inspiring and just so positive and like the advice you have for artists and just people in general is just so genuine and important so i wanted to have you on here <laughs> to share that positivity um so today we so allison just recently got tiktok very recent <laughs> new on the train we're learning together all her social media will be linked in the description um but she had a tiktok recently talking about artists and rejection um, in the industry and that kind of thing. And I thought it was so important. The message was so important. And talking about it, I think, is just really important. <laughs> How many times can I say important? It's very, very important. <laughs> Underline it. Important. So I thought we could talk about that today. I would like to start off by hearing about your start in acting. Oh, my start in acting. It actually doesn't start the way that most people think that an acting career would start off. And this is exactly why I wanted to hear yeah, about it. Yeah, <laughs> like, um, as a child, always, like, very performative, right? But never really wanted to be an actor. I mm -hmm. uh, wanted to be a vet, wanted to be an elementary school teacher, wanted to be a nurse, wanted to be a Ninja Turtle. <laughs> you know, like, the average <laughs> childhood things. I was like, oh, I'll, I'll be an astronaut. It'll be great. Um, really, really leaned towards the medical field because a lot of my aunts and uncles are... Um, nurses and things like that and uh, when we moved to the Comox Valley um, I was 12 or 13 and we were living in a hotel while our house was getting ready and my mom worked full-time and so she was like okay we have to sign you up for summer camp and my two options were soccer camp <laughs> if you know me no thank you I don't run I'm not a sporty person I'm very uncoordinated so my two options were soccer camp or um, theater camp. Okay. Neither were good options <laughs> for me. I did not want to do Do I have to? Like, I don't know. I did like, I don't know, the middle school video announcements and things like that. And I've always been really open and energetic and things like that. But I, acting just wasn't something I wanted to do. And so I kind of went to this class being like, okay, if I have to be here, I have to be here. Mm -hmm. Um, instantly was like, this is my new career path. This is what is meant for me. Um, I think I just kind of found my people who 
wanted to create and wanted to be um, fun and very uplifting. Like I find that theater communities um, or acting communities generally, um, unless you're doing it competitively, are mm-hmm. a very welcoming, um, loving, supporting, positive group of people. Yeah. Um, and so when I found them, I was like, oh, this is what I need to do. Yeah. And even then I was like, okay, well, this is my fun thing. I'm still going to go into, you know, the sciences. And in high school, I actually had a teacher who taught biology and I told her my plans. I was going off to school and she sat me down and she said, I don't think you should go into the sciences. I think you need to go into the arts. It's where your heart is. You make people happy and you spread joy. And like, this is where you have to, like, this is your path. Like, Wow. Yeah. So she sat me down and I think I was just really scared because everyone tells it that you can't make it in the arts. Yeah. There's um, definitely a big like stigma, stigma around, around that. It. And yeah, she just kind of convinced me that, you know, if you're going to go away to school and spend your life working, you might as well be doing something that you love. Um, and so that's what I did. <laughs> and I went away to theater school. Oh my gosh. And, and here we are. Yeah. Here we are. So where did you go to theater theater school? Yeah, so I went to the University of Victoria, and I did a Bachelor of Fine Arts in theater, and I did what they call a comprehensive degree. Um, So within the realm of your BFA in theater, you can then specialize in things like um, directing, costume design, acting. Um, I auditioned for the acting program twice, was Mm -hmm. denied both times, which for 20-year-old Allison was the most heart-shattering thing that could ever happen. Mm -hmm. Um, But now that I look back on it, I'm really, really lucky because I did comprehensive. So I got to take acting classes and directing classes and costume classes and design classes and stage management classes. Um, So when I finished my degree... I came out extremely well-rounded and was able to have the mindset of, okay, how do I create my own work? The people working behind the scenes, like, what are they putting into it? So I really had a really great understanding of the the teamwork that has to go into it. Yeah. So in the moment, very sad. Um, Looking back on it, I'm really, really glad that it happened that way. Yeah. And then after I graduated from there, I went on to do a one-year diploma program um, from the Vancouver Film School in acting for film and television. Oh, wow. Cool. Yeah. Okay, so you started off theater, and then you went into comprehensive, did it like a little bit of everything, mm-hmm. just got super well-rounded, and then you went into TV specifically. Yes. So growing up here on the island, I didn't really know that Vancouver was like this film hub. Right. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. Um, we're very lucky on the island that there's tons and tons and tons of theater opportunities and musical theater opportunities. So those are just the performing opportunities that I had. Right. Um, and now, um, film is very much a huge part of what happens here on the island. Tons of Hallmark in Victoria. Sonic the Hedgehog was filming here. Um, so it's, it's really prominent. But when I was younger, that wasn't really a thing. So mm-hmm. I didn't even know that acting in movies was a thing. I mean, I watched movies and was like, I need to be that person. Right. Um, The live action Peter Pan that came out in the early 2000s. Yes. There was this young girl, I don't even know her name, who played Wendy. Mm -hmm. And I distinctly remember watching the movie and being like, I could have done it better. (laughs) (laughs) And like, just because I was like, I wanted to fly in the harnesses and do the special effects. And at that age, could I have done it better than this young woman? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But that confidence. That was like the life that I wanted. I was like, I'm going to play Wendy. 
I love I was so committed. Much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I didn't even know film and television was a thing. And then when I was in university, I kind of learned about it a little bit. And at theater school, um, when I was at UVic, there was one acting for film class. Okay. Which I took mm-hmm. and was like, oh, Here yes, this is what I want. This yeah. Is the, I, this is what I want. Um, and yeah, so went to film school right after um, theater school, like back to back. And yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. Okay, so fast forward to now. Yes. And you are now a business owner and you teach all these lovely humans and like you're amazing at it. How did you go from that to thinking I want to start my own business? So I always knew in my heart of hearts that eventually I wanted to teach and I wanted to give back to the community that raised me to have my passions and my love and my dream. Mm -hmm. So whether it was, you know, oh, I'll I'll do the acting thing for, you know, 15 years and then I'll go get my teaching degree and I'll teach high school drama so that I can give back to the community. Mm -hmm. I always knew that was something that I wanted to do. um, And it was just a matter of when it was going to happen. It happened much earlier and in a different way than I thought it was (laughs) going to happen. Uh, But here we are. So I was really, really lucky to have a lot of community members who brought me under their wing to um, drive me to rehearsals when my mom couldn't or who let me help backstage at their show or who I took acting classes from Mm -hmm. um and so I was very very lucky and I knew I wanted to be able to give that back because it was such an important life-changing thing that happened for me at that young age and Mm -hmm. so it was very important that I was able or I was hoping to be able to be that person for somebody else Mm -hmm. and um my friend Katie who I started Sitka with um originally her and I met at that acting camp that I didn't want to go to that one summer oh my gosh way back way back you guys go way back way back i was i was uh, i don't know 12 maybe mm-hmm. so we had we had met um in the local theater community and um we had both kind of ended up back in the valley after traveling the world and going to university and i was working at disney and all these things and we both ended back in the valley and we were like okay we got to do this. We're mm-hmm. both here mm-hmm. at the same time. It's it's destiny, it's fate, whatever. The universe is telling us that we have to do this. And so, I don't know, in a matter of a couple days, we decided to jump on in and Sitka Stage and Screen started. And it was small when it started. We started teaching at community centers and, and dance studios and things like that. And now we have our very own space and we have a staff and we've brought, brought on another co-owner with us. And so it's really kind of grown and blossomed into this wonderful entity that it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I never would have imagined that it happened the way that it happened. Mm-hmm. And I never would have imagined that here we still are two years into a pandemic when... Yeah. Really, the business was started not long before the pandemic started. Mm -hmm. Um, And so obviously that was very, very scary, having a brand new business, a brand new baby, and bam, the world shuts down. Um, But if there is a supportive community out there, it is the arts community who support and uplift each other. So we're still here. We're thriving. 30, flirty, and thriving. (laughs) That's amazing. Okay, so let's get more into what your TikTok was about. Yes. And so you talked about rejection. So in the creative realm of work, there is a lot of rejection with auditions, with 
casting call, like there's so many like opportunities for people to get into something and for people to not right <laughs> i don't know how to word that yes. more eloquently no because totally. it's like and i think that's why people view the arts as such a risky career because we really have no say over if we get a job or not mm-hmm. like zero like if you want to be a nurse okay you go to school you put in the work you do the hours you graduate bam you can become a nurse mm-hmm. if you want to become an actor great you do all those th- same things you study really hard you do your research you go to school you graduate and bam that's it you have to wait for somebody else to give you a job Mm -hmm. no amount of effort on your part can guarantee that you're going to have a job Mm -hmm. that's scary but i think what we have to remember is rejection especially in the arts community is 99.9 percent of the time nothing to do with you or your talent Mm. um rejection happens to 99 percent of people because for every role that they create there is one person that's going to get to play that role. And if you get rejected from that role, it doesn't mean you're a bad actor. It doesn't mean that you had a terrible audition. It doesn't mean that you don't have the skills necessary. It could be something as little as, oh, you know, you have blue eyes. And they were really wanting someone with green eyes. Or, you know, you're five foot six and they really needed someone who was five foot eight. Mm. Or you just didn't create a version of the character that the director envisioned. Right. That doesn't make you wrong, mm-hmm. but the director already has in their mind what they want for this role. The writer has a vision in mind. The casting director has a vision in mind. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's not personal. It can feel that way, mm-hmm. but it's not. And I, I think in the TikTok, I've talked about art being subjective. And, you know, that's true. I might look at a piece of art, be it... Um, a painting or a movie or a podcast or an album mm-hmm. and be like, oh my goodness, this is the best thing I've ever seen, mm-hmm. heard, consumed, whatever. Yeah. And somebody else can be at, look at it and say, Allison, that's trash. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, yeah. my opinion is just as valid as their opinion. And so that's why I think it's so, so hard as an artist or a creative of any kind to find their place in the world because you have to create this very positive mindset and look at it as not being something personal. Yeah, exactly. And I think the biggest thing that changed for me is looking at every step along the way as a win. So people, my students, other actors, and this can apply to kind of anything in your life, Mm -hmm. but getting the audition is already a win. It's already something to celebrate. Right. But a lot of people don't view it that way. A lot of people only celebrate when they get the role. Right. Which, okay, yes, if you get a role that is worth celebrating, but to get the audition, you've already beat out 500, 600 other actors just to get the opportunity to audition. Mm -hmm. That's worth celebrating. Mm -hmm. To get a callback, you beat out another 100 actors to get a callback. Right? Out of the thousand people who wanted this role, they can only pick one. So you have to celebrate your wins along the way. Right. I feel like it's almost like if you don't, it's just you're going to burn out real fast. Oh, you'll drain. Yeah. Drained. And it's not to say that you you can't have feelings and you can't feel those feelings and you can't mourn the losses of roles that you have. Mm -hmm. 
earlier this year I had a massive audition for a lead of a TV show and I wanted it so bad and I thought I was perfect for it and I got it coached by my acting coach and I created a playlist for the character and I created a vision board for the character and I like really was like I'm hurt like this is it. Mm -hmm. I didn't get it. I didn't get it and when I found out that they were announcing the cast I was like okay I didn't get it it's fine it's fine but that day I had a huge just like breakdown of tears and crying and I was really hard on myself saying like Allison you won so many things along the way you got the audition that's great mm -hmm. which is true but you can also mourn the things you didn't get. Mm -hmm. You put time and energy and love into creating something. Mm -hmm. And so you are allowed to mourn the loss of that. At the same time, I wasn't right for that role. Mm -hmm. I have since seen the project and the young woman who was cast in it is phenomenal and she is fantastic and I will be cheering and rooting her on. I think it's super important that in this community, in any community, there's no resentment. Mm -hmm. For because sure. that's not helpful at all. We should be uplifting each other. We should be supporting each other. We should be um, each other's number one, you know, cheerleader. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's really important. You have to honor your feelings, feel them, let it go, and move on. And you don't feel that way for every role. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, there are some one-liners that I don't necessarily feel any sort of connection to. Right. Um... But, you know, for those big ones or those ones that meant something to you, if you're a painter and you spent hours on it and then decided it doesn't match the rest of your set or it's not the vision you were going for, okay, you can still mourn the love you put into it. Mm -hmm. But getting back up, cheering other people on, and recognizing your wins are super, super important. People, people still ask me what my real job is. What? And I'm like... Pardon? What? And all my friends who are actors get asked the same thing from their families or from even random people who are like, an actor. Okay, but like, what do you actually do? And I'm like, that is what I do. Mm -hmm. That is, that is what I do. Mm -hmm. That's my, that's So what that's are the they job. looking for? Like, how do you make money? Like, is that what basically they're thinking? Sometimes I think people are asking that. Um, and I have friends who make their living off of Yeah, acting. exactly. And I think people don't realize is, okay, to be a, a living, working actor who is making money, mm -hmm. you do not need to be the lead mm -hmm. in a film, right? So people are always like, well, what have you been in? And I'm like, well, I'm working my way up. These are the short films that I've done. Oh, but that's not real acting. And I'm like, okay, you're telling me it's not a real job. And you're telling me it's not real acting. And, and people just don't have this understanding. And yes, obviously, people would love to make money from their passion. Right. But just because you don't make money from your passion doesn't mean you're not doing that. I think that's a ridiculous mindset to look at it that way. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, if you've decided you want to be an actor and you're taking classes and you're, I don't know, watching Masterclass or watching interviews with actors and, and really putting your, your heart and soul into it and you're reading books and you're learning how to create in different techniques, you're an actor. Same for any other artistic medium. Music, cooking, baking, cake decorating, um, creating a podcast, writing a book. I know so many people who are like, oh, I wrote a, a novel. I'm like, What? <laughs> And they're like, yeah, just in my spare time, I, I wrote a book. And I'm going to get it independently published. 
That's amazing. You wrote a book. You're a writer. Yeah. Right? But the, or do they get excited? Are they just as excited as you are when they tell you that? No. Probably not. No, probably not. And I think, I think in society we've been conditioned to downplay our successes. And especially as women. Mm-hmm. Um, and anyone who knows me in my personal life knows that I am the number one cheerleader for every single person. And you'll tell me like a, a slight story in your day on something you did. And I'm like, yes, you are following your dreams. You are doing this. I'm so proud of you. Congratulations. Can I shout you out on social media? Like, because I think everyone deserves to celebrate their wins. Right. I don't care if your win is you've landed the lead in a Hollywood movie or if you wrote your very first one minute screenplay, mm-hmm. in my opinion, both deserve celebration mm-hmm. and we should be allowed to celebrate those things. And so that's something that I really try to give my students is the space where if nobody else is cheering you on, I'm going to cheer you on on days that you're not going to cheer for yourself. Mm-hmm. I'm going to cheer for you mm-hmm. because I think as people, as humans, and yes, as artists, it can be very isolating when you don't get to see the good sides of things Mm -hmm. and you feel like maybe you're not doing a good job or maybe you're just going to give up on your passion or this is a waste of time. And no, if you like it, continue to do it. And that's the way that I try to look at it. I love that so much. And I think on social media nowadays, too, everyone seems to post their highlight reel. But their highlight reel is usually, like, very extravagant, big, like, the goal of the goals, you know? Like, the small things don't get posted or they don't get appreciated as much or don't get enough likes. I don't know what it is, but I think I totally agree with you that society has turned in a way where it's almost, like, taboo for women to celebrate small wins. It's like... Like, what are you doing? Why are you, like, you're bragging. Or, like, w- like that's not even worth it. Or whatever. Like, there's all these, like, negative ideas, I guess, around that. So I think it's so important to, like, actively go against the grain that way. To be like, no, I am allowed to celebrate this. This is awesome. This was hard for me. And if it's not, even if it wasn't hard for me, it's still exciting. Like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be a big, huge obstacle for me to celebrate something. Like, from big to small, like, that's on you to decide. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, I think, especially with social media, it's a double-edged sword because we have so many people, maybe people we know, maybe people we don't know who are watching us. And there's a real danger in people only posting the positive things Mm -hmm. um, because anything that you go into has its ups and it has its downs. And I think it can be really discouraging for people when they're watching and you're like, well, they keep getting this and, oh, look, they had another great day and, oh, they had another audition and, oh, they did this and, oh, they did that. And I'm not here to stop anybody from celebrating because I want to celebrate those things. But I think we also have to be transparent in the fact that not all days are good days. Mm-hmm. And there are days when, yeah, I'm I'm really sad or I'm really disappointed or um, I'm frustrated that my career is not moving as quickly or going in the direction that I want it to. Um, But again, I have no control over that. But I try to share the good, the bad, the ugly, the celebrations, um, the wins, because we all go through them. There's no reason to hide your your low days or, or, or your losses because we all go through it and it's all a part of the journey. And without those, there is no growth and there's no improvement. 
And so I think it's super, super important to be transparent. And if you are sharing your entire life um, online, that those people who are perhaps looking up to you know that it is a journey. It's not a straight line. Mm -hmm. It's a zigzag. Okay, so I had a couple questions for you. Of course. I will tell you them all now so you can think and then you can answer them in whatever order you would like. So what is your favorite part of teaching? What is your favorite part of being an actor? And what do you think is the biggest challenge in the industry? First question, what is my favorite thing about teaching? Easy, I already know the answer to that one. It is watching the confidence of my students grow and having them realize their own potential. Oh, I love that. Because so many students... I've experienced it. Yay! (laughs) So many students, and I generally mean my students who are teens and up. Yes. Because any uh, any of the younger students, they have the confidence of... (laughs) I wish I could just harness that and share it with the world because they're like, yeah, I'm an astronaut. And I'm like, oh, are you? Well, yeah, I'm going to go to the moon tomorrow. And I'm like, oh, okay. Are you taking anything? Yeah, my dog's coming with me. And like, just the biggest confidence in the world. Yeah. But I find as we get older, and as we start getting put into boxes, and as we start like, I don't know, maybe having careers that aren't related to our passions, we start to lose confidence in ourselves and we're unsure of ourselves. And so my favorite, favorite part about teaching is watching a student see that they can do something that they set their mind to. Mm -hmm. So whether it is they're now getting over a fear of public speaking Mm -hmm. or they never thought that they'd be able to memorize all the lines on a page or they never thought that they'd be able to create like a fully well-rounded character and like make it believable. Mm -hmm. And so in my class, most of them, is we film the scenes that the students have done and then I make everybody rewatch them and... It's always a collective, no, I don't want to watch myself. And then as their tape starts to play, they like cover their eyes. And I'm like, no, we don't do that in my class. We need to watch the work that we've created. And I said, you don't need to love it. You don't need to comment on it, but we need to watch it. And so we watch back their work. And I always make them do stars and wishes, something they're really, really proud of and something they'd like to work on for next time. And more often than not, the first time they watch something, they surprise themselves. And they go, oh my gosh, I did that. I'm like, yeah, you did. And that was only your very first time. Imagine what you can do with more practice and with more skills and with more time. Mm -hmm. And so that's my favorite part is watching them realize that they can do it. It's the best part. It's the best part. (laughs) It's the best part. If only you could see the big smile on her face right now. Oh, like the biggest, biggest my cheeks are like pushed into my eyes, like (laughs) the biggest smile. Hands down, that's the best part of teaching. Awesome. Hands down. Um, What I love most about acting is the next question. I think what really drew me into acting in general, whether it be theater or film, is storytelling. Mm -hmm. And I've always been somebody, please, mom, read me one more book. Please come watch my performance I'm putting in in the backyard. Like, whatever it is, storytelling has always been such a huge, huge part of my life. And, you know, wanting my grandparents to tell me what it was like when they were growing up and and all of that. And and being a reader and just immersing myself into different worlds and different stories. Mm -hmm. And so I think for me, the joy of acting comes from the 
creation of the character. Mm -hmm. And I'm really, really big on given circumstances, which is like from an acting perspective would be like, okay, your character, what is the given circumstance? Where are they? What time of year is it? Um, is there an important event happening? Um, is there something happening in their life that is going to make this easier or difficult? Um, and so getting to piece together all the clues that are in the script to create your own character, it's almost like, I don't know, detective work, getting to build the story from the inside out. Mm -hmm. And I think that's my favorite part is getting to create stories that I otherwise wouldn't have gotten the chance to experience. Just getting to step into somebody else's shoes and tell a story that you got to help create. Mm -hmm. Because yes, the writer writes it and the director directs it and the casting director casts it and the costume designer has costumed it. The hair and makeup people have like put together this look, right? But the final piece of that is what the actor brings to the character. And I think that's the coolest part, is being part of a collective to tell a story. Mm -hmm. I do not have all the skills necessary to create something that wonderful. I have skills that are useful mm -hmm. and skills that work well with other people, but you need all those perspectives to come together to tell a realistic story because the world around us is filled with lots of people with lots of different opinions and perspectives and stories and you know a film is the same way or, or a play is the same way it's filled with lots of different people and lots of different experiences and so I think having them on your team to help you build that story that's so cool mm -hmm. to collectively create something mm -hmm. I don't know it blows my mind when I think about like a production that has 400 people on it yeah. and I'm like man 400 people have come together to create something. And that, I think, is the coolest part. And the... And the last question... Personally, for me, I think the biggest challenge is the fat phobia that exists in the film industry, unfortunately. And um, for those of you who do not know me, I am a wonderful plus-sized human being. And I think the industry is still very much stuck in this place of what is considered like a perfect human being. Mm -hmm. And every story that they tell needs to be told through the lens of these perfect people. Mm -hmm. um, newsflash, even the actors that play those people are not perfect. You can't have a perfect person. That just like doesn't Same. exist. Yeah. It, it doesn't exist. Yeah. And so that's been really hard for me personally because some directors or some, um, some casting or some, you know, people in the industry are like, well, if the breakdown doesn't say that it's a plus size person... I couldn't fathom even imagining you in the role. Oh. And I'm like, okay, but the role is grocery store clerk. A grocery store clerk could literally be anybody Any. like 16 and older. Yeah. Anybody. Male, female, um, any um, ethnicity, any background, any sexual orientation. It does not matter. People of all walks of life have jobs. Mm -hmm. Why can't a grocery store clerk be anybody? Yeah. Right? And so that also feeds into, I think, the industry problem as a whole is, I mean, I look at the world around me and I see people of all different walks of life. Mm -hmm. And then I see TV and it's very much cisgendered, Caucasian, able-bodied, straight people. Mm -hmm. And I think, and the industry is getting better. It is slowly starting to progress. But 
for me, I think, you know, every time I see a casting call that's out there and it's like open gender, open ethnicity, like that makes my heart just glow mm -hmm. because there's absolutely no reason why we can't be casting real people to play real people. Yeah. Right? Obviously, I understand that there are very select roles that have to be certain people cast in them that is important and integral to the storyline. Right. That's completely different. Yeah. But, like, I don't know. I've always been a firm believer, and they teach you in theater school and they teach you in film school, that um, performance or arts has always been a reflection on society, right? Shakespeare was a reflection of what London was like at the time. Um, you know, we look back at ancient Greek theater, right? And it was a reflection of what society was at the time. Yeah. Great. Perfect. Why do our movies not reflect the society that we live in? Yeah. Why? It makes absolutely no sense to me because we are constantly told that this art form is that, right? And then I watch things and it's not and it makes me really sad because everyone should have the chance to have their stories told and I think we're, we're getting slowly better I'm starting to see you know more colors and more diversity on the tv screen but it definitely could be better it definitely could be better and there are definitely pioneers in the industry in all aspects who will see whoever for the role mm -hmm. if they look at your headshot and they're like oh they could be that person mm -hmm. great i audition for lots of casting directors in vancouver who see me for roles that don't talk about size whatsoever mm -hmm. um but at the same time we're filming our uh the podcast episode and i got a text from my agents and i got an audition which is like yay super exciting and unfortunately in the description it said that this woman is 160 pounds I don't, I don't know why that's important to telling this person's story, um, you know, and I think that needs to change big, big time needs to change. Um, we need, we need to be telling the stories of everybody and I think we're getting there, mm -hmm. but until we get to a place where we as actors are on an equal playing field, there's still work to be done. Mm-hmm. So, for sure, I think that by far is the biggest hurdle in the industry um, for actors specifically. Um, but I'm sure it affects all other um, aspects of filmmaking as well um, in crews and, and things like that. I'm sure there's discrimination there as well on on who's working on crews and who they're bringing on as as team members and things like that so I think it's one of the industries that people kind of look at and they're like oh it's this magical realm of Hollywood Ooh. and and yes totally movie magic is a real thing but I think that clouds a lot of people's judgments or it clouds a lot of people's perspective of what the industry is like mm -hmm. um you know, there are a lot of things in the industry that need to be improved upon, for sure. But at the same time, it is a fantastic industry to be a part of. Like, you get to tell stories for a living. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> like, who else gets to do that? Nobody. 
Yeah, they're then like people in the arts. Like it's really hard. Artists to, yeah, yeah just, get to tell stories. Yeah. But nobody else. And that that is the coolest thing. To be a storyteller. To get to share in the human experience. I think that's really cool. I also think that's really cool. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for coming over today and recording this episode. I hope you come back. I will be back, of course. I say this to every one of my guests so far. I've only had three, but it's always been so fun and so amazing. It's just a lot more fun to, like, actually have a conversation. And, like, I also love listening to stories. I love hearing stories. I love hearing, like, how people have gotten to where they are today, like, what their journey was like and stuff like that. So it was so interesting. And I'm just so happy to know you and to have you in my life. And I'm just... I'm excited to share this with people who listen (laughs) thank you for having me i'm so excited to know you and to have you in my life honestly little light just shining on through um and yeah for everyone who's listening thanks for listening thanks for sharing in my story and being part of it um and yeah happy to have you happy to be here you know (laughs) um lastly before we go where can people find you on social media um Allison Leet. I am the only Allison Leet, so you should have zero problems finding me. Allison with a Y. Perfect. Um yes. And Leet L E E L E E T. Not left, not let. Leet. Leet. Two E's. <laughs> Perfect. I will tag you in my Instagram posts and all those things so people can check you out and see all your wonderfulness on social media. I love seeing like your get ready with me and all those things. It's so Thank fun. Thank you. I'm Spread and joy. Yeah. Spread and joy. <laughs> Left, right, and center. <laughs> we trying. We trying. Some days we struggle, but we trying. Oh my goodness. That's awesome. All right. As usual, thank you so much for hanging out with me today. I hope if you're listening during the day, you have a great day. If you're listening in the evening, I hope you have a very restful night of sleep. And I will talk to you next time. Bye. And as usual, thank you to my partner, Vince, for the wonderful music. And this episode was brought to you by More Potatoes.